Yes, Brad Roberts on the phone, the lead singer of the Crash Test Dummies. Brad, good morning. Good morning to you. Nothing against your singing, because I love your singing, and we're going to talk about the new single in a moment, but that is one of my favorite Crash Test Dummies tunes. Well, thank you very much. That's Ellen Reed singing Peter Pumpkinhead, which was originally recorded by a band called XTC. And uh, the soundtrack people for Dumb and Dumber wanted us to record it, so we did. Yeah, right. Yeah, you were on the soundtrack for Dumb and Dumber. Um, the new single is called Sacred Alphabet, and I went on YouTube, and a couple of fans, one's in New Hampshire, they posted a live performance, I think just within the past few days, uh, and the sound's not great, and, and so I didn't want to do that to you. Uh, when the song is out next Friday, I'm going to share it with my listeners, and we're going to talk about it. Um, but I did want to tell you that uh, I was uh, had a smile on my face as I listened to it, even though the quality of it wasn't great, because it is just so you and so Crash Test Dummies. Well, thank you very much. Those are high complimentary words, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you, you I, have uh, a sound, the band has a sound, and you continue with it. Yeah, well, you know, I um, I took a while to wrote that. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, oh bless you. <clears throat> We're live on the radio, and I'm sneezing <laughs> away. Famous sneezes <laughs> here on the show. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, now we know what they'll write about in the paper. Brad sneezing. <laughs> That's okay. Take a second. No problem at all. Live radio is interesting for sure. <laughs> Anyways, I'm back. Good. My sneezing fit is over. Yeah, talk about the song so, because yeah, it is great. I'm excited to play it for people. Well, I'm I'm grateful that you didn't play the uh, recording that was posted because yeah, of course it doesn't sound great with. Um, just uh, cell phone microphones, mm-hmm. but I'm great. I'm also grateful to the fans for taking enough of an interest to want to record it and put it up. So, kind of have to take with the good, with the bad there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that song took me quite a while to write. I was, uh, I I came up with the lyrics. It took me a couple of weeks to write those. Maybe a, more like a couple of months actually. Um, and then I started taking composition lessons. Um, which sounds strange because I've been composing all my life, but I, I started taking lessons in counterpoint, which is an old way of writing melodies. And um, it really influenced me and helped me get the music together for it, which uh, I wrote out for the piano, which was a first for me. I'd never written a piano part before. So it was uh, quite a lot of fun. Wow. All these years later, you're still learning. Yes, indeed. I uh, I get bored easily, you know, and I have a lot of time off between tours, so I like to stay engaged. Well, in fact, in 2018, you, you went on that 25th anniversary tour, um, and then last year it was your 30th anniversary tour. You're still touring, um, uh, and uh, I, I love it. Did you think that you would be touring all these years later off that early success? Definitely not. You know, when we first started touring, I I wasn't even really a big fan of touring. I I found it absolutely exhausting. But of course, those were the days when we, when I had to get up and start doing, you know, press and interviews at eight in the morning, and I'd go until five in the afternoon, and then do sound check and have dinner and play a show and 
go home and just try and pass out for a few hours before I had to do it the next day. Whereas now, I, um, I'm doing it at a much more sane pace, where, and um, it's much more enjoyable. Yeah. Would you have done it, if you could change anything, would you have changed that early, early success? And as you just pointed out, it was, it was crazy. Uh, and then now, I mean, your fans, you know, th- over 30 years later are still loving you, those songs, your new songs, they're coming out to see you, which has to be exciting. But would you change any of that early success if you could? No, not at all. I mean, you got to take success when it comes. And, um, I'm I'm very happy with the way things turned out. We had a, a great run on our first record with Superman Song in Canada, and then the next record got very big in America, and ultimately in Europe and around the world. And uh, I wouldn't take that back for anything. Yeah, was it nice to have that success at home first for a little bit to kind of get used to it, enjoy that, and then pop big around the world? You know, to be honest with you, no, I would have been very happy to uh <laughs> have done well everywhere right off <laughs> right. the bat <laughs> but um i'm still, i'm very happy about you know what did happen I, I have no regrets yeah you and i've talked a couple times over the years i've got to ask you a listener just sent me a text message at 780-6868 and said hey hal ask brad about teaching music lessons to chris jericho in the 1980s <laughs> Well, Chris Jericho and all my other students, hello. I I did used to teach guitar at a place called Kent's Music on uh, Portage Avenue, just across the village in there. And um, I had a lot of students that sometimes come to my shows. And I even had one student show up with a copy of their first um, guitar music book and had me sign it for them. (laughs) Isn't that cool, eh? Yeah, really is. You know, uh, during the crossover with our morning show this morning, the start, Macklin, McGeary, and McNabb, I mentioned that you were coming on the show, and Greg and I started having a chat about the spectrum and the blue note, right? Uh, I, I mean, you must hear yes. that all the time, too. Well, yes and no. I mean, that was quite a while ago now. Sure. Um, but, of course, I lived next door to, to the Riddell brothers, Curtis and Mark, all my life. So, when I, uh, in fact, Curtis used to babysit me. And those two, of course, were Curtis owned the Blue Note and um, Mark owned the Spectrum. So I was intimately involved in both those operations right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any Winnipeg shows coming up? Boy, it'd be great to have you back here. There is a Winnipeg show coming up, but we haven't confirmed a date yet, so I can't say anything. Okay, well, we'll have Probably you on when that's confirmed. Day. We'll have you on when that's confirmed. That would be fantastic. Um, and I'll just say again that your new single, Sacred Alphabet, drops next Friday. I'm going to share it with my listeners. I really appreciate you doing this. One quick last question. I, I have so many. We could talk my entire show here, Brad. Um, I remember you guys being on SNL at one point. Was that a highlight, or, or do you have anything that you ever think about over the years and go, man, that was crazy that I was there and doing that and, and I had that kind of success? You know, SNL was a real highlight. Um, there have been a few highlights. Weird Al Yankovic covering our song was a highlight. Um, and I do remember one gig in Finland where we came out one afternoon and 
played this festival for 40,000 people. There's a whole bunch of other bands at the festival as well. And um, the song Mm-mm-mm was just starting to break there. Mm-hmm. And all 40,000 people, drunk as skunks in the middle of the afternoon, started singing along to the chorus of Mm-mm-mm with me. And <laughs> I actually was, I had a shiver up my spine at that moment because I, it, it occurred to me that, you know, I'd written this song in my stupid little cockroach-filled apartment in Winnipeg, and now here I was in Finland, and everybody knew the words to the song. It was just, it really hit home. So that was a yeah. very big moment. Brad, I can't tell you a thanks enough for doing this. I really appreciate it, and all the best with the new single, Sacred Alphabet. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate the interviews. Thanks for calling me. Joining us right now for her weekly Thursday visit right after the 1130 News, Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Carolyn, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. I want to talk to you about what today is, a couple of things. We'll do a fun one in a bit, but it's World Teen Mental Wellness Day today. And and I think more than ever, the mental health of our young people uh, is uh, suffering. Well, and I think for good reason. If you would imagine somebody would have told you at the age of 14, 16, or 18 that you have to spend two years alone in your house without going outside um, and then let you free and expect there to be no long-term effects, that wouldn't be realistic. And I think our world is adjusting to the fact that our kids have spent a good chunk of their adolescence um, in lockdown, and that has implications that we have to grapple with and understand that It is going to take some time for them to uh, sort of regain all that they've lost and all the stress that that put on their nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And I think in lockdown, young people tended to turn to social media, and now they continue, I think, to spend maybe too much time on social media. Not all young people, but many do. Um, In fact, I was just reading this morning how TikTok now has uh, some kind of a... um, a safeguard now where if uh, a young person is on TikTok watching videos for more than an hour, it sort of says, hey, whoa, you've been watching for an hour. Maybe you should think about that's enough for today. Now, I don't know if stuff like that works or not, but I guess they're trying. Uh, today, World Teen Mental Wellness Day is about, they say, removing stigma surrounding preventative mental health. Teens are encouraged to practice self-care and silence their self-doubt. Um, I do think the stigma, uh, that situation is getting better because famous people, high-profile people are talking about their struggles with mental illness. I think it's really important um, for young people to be noticing that the people that are influential in their lives are themselves sometimes struggling with mental health and then reaching out for help and naming it and noticing that there doesn't have to be shame because so often the the effects of poor mental health are exacerbated by this feeling like I I can't tell anybody and I have to keep it a secret and it sort of takes spins at a dark downward spiral when people are keeping that stuff silent. So encouraging our teens to name it and talk about it and being available as parents to open have that open that conversation open up i think is really important Mm -hmm. and then the fun one is today is old stuff day 
And on the start this morning, Mackling McGarry McNabb started the conversation about old school technology, and that's our question of the day at cgob.com if you want to go and vote. And then I brought in my love of old radios and, and old microphones, and then I was so excited today to talk to Brad Roberts, the lead singer of the Crash Test Dummies, reminiscing okay. with him about you know songs and uh, where they played 30 years ago and all that kind of stuff. What is it about nostalgia? It just makes us feel good, doesn't it? It certainly does. The thing about nostalgia is that we often look back and see things through rose-colored glasses, right? So those bands remember what it was like to be up front, but they forget how much work they had to put in between shows or how much they had to hustle. Like, there's, we, we, we tend to, with the advantage of time, to forget some of that hard stuff. And so when we go back and look at it, it does bring us a fondness and it you know, helps us remember of a safer, cozier time. But really, um, Brene Brown says nostalgia is a dangerous form of comparison. Think about how often we compare our lives to a memory um, that nostalgia has so completely edited that it never really existed. And so I think sometimes we can set ourselves up for failure now because we feel like it's not like it used to be. Well, I'm not sure it was was like we remember it that it was back then anyways. And so I think there's times when um, I think it's helpful to go back when we're stressed and we go back to a fond favorite memory to calm ourselves. But we also have to recognize the bias that we have inherently in that. Yeah, you're right. We do remember the good times, right? It's real easy to go, oh, yeah, but then you don't necessarily remember the crap that came with those good times. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's some of the challenge now, like um, even when people are saying, you know, let's get back to how it used to be. And we challenge ourselves, well, did it used to be good for all sorts of people? Like what 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 values did we have towards those the indigenous peoples then? And were we have learned so much and there are lots of ways in which we're in a better place now than we were. And let's let's not want to go back to a place where it wasn't as good for some people. Same with relationships, right? You're sometimes you remember I think it depends on the person. Sometimes you remember the good things and and don't remember the bad. Sometimes it's opposite to that. I got thinking about mending a broken heart today. I was reading about this. uh, It's a new study out of the University of Ottawa. And they say that some breakups can be so traumatic that they trigger disorders that mimic the symptoms of PTSD. And for some, breakups can be as traumatizing as a life-threatening event, that's I found I found that interesting and got me thinking about mending a broken heart because even when something ends and it's probably best that it ends, your heart hurts. Absolutely, and I think um, often we think, "Oh, isn't that cute that they've broken up?" It's not cute. It's incredibly painful, um, and I think uh, grief impacts our bodies the same way that often physical pain does. And so our bodies feel that grief physically. It changes sleep. It changes eating patterns. Um, We lose interest in things that we usually enjoy. Um, We pull back and we isolate ourselves. And and that that heartbreak hurts so much. And when people sort of look and think it's, it's sort of adorable to see how you hurt, I think that minimizes something that is incredibly painful. And I think... Uh, we have to figure out how to give people permission to say this breakup is a form of grief and grief hurts and we give ourselves permission to feel that and then to reach out and say, I'm really struggling and invite other people into that journey of recovery towards heartbreak. 
the arc of the heart is towards mending. And so I think even though it hurts like crazy, um, you know, I've worked with people in the middle of it. It's just so bad. And it's, it's just helpful to have somebody outside saying, yes, it hurts right now, but it won't always hurt that much. And that might be hard for you to believe that, but I know it to be true and I have hope for you. Hey, remember when we talked a while ago about parents hiding in the bathroom to get a, get a break from their kids? <laughs> well, there's another survey out. Listen to this. Um, 2,000 parents of school-age kids, uh, they surveyed them. 40% hide in the bathroom. 34% uh, pretend to be asleep. There's a new one. They pretend to be asleep (laughs) just to get a break from the kids. (laughs) Yeah, parenting is intense. And uh, I think we're all better parents when we find a way to get breaks and fill our tanks. And sometimes our children are quite persistent at ensuring that we don't get those breaks. And so uh, hiding in the bathroom and naps, those are age-old, time-tested strategies, which I think will never go away. Hey, I can't remember the exact dates on your workshops, but have you got any room? Yes, we sure do. Um, they're coming up next Friday, um, from Friday to Sunday next weekend. Um, so starting a week from tomorrow, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please go to carolynclawson.com and look at the blog, and there are those workshops are listed there, as well as the form available to complete and fill out and return. Excellent. Carolyn, thanks. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks so much. Carolyn Classen again, the website, carolynclassen.com. Uh, you can also sign up for her newsletter there. And then, of course, the other website is connexuscounseling.ca. Always enjoy talking with Carolyn on Thursdays right after the 1130 news. We-